Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, to say that this week's episode of the Weekside Podcast with Jenny Rentis and I'm Connor Orr is uh, special is an understatement, Jenny. I mean, we are kicking everything up a notch. We are kicking up the intensity, the heat, the production. We're, we're, we're going all out here because this week we have for each other some burning questions. Sorry, I spoke too soon. I, 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 you know, my timing was off there with the sound effects. How do you not love that? I love it. This is how good our producer is. Our producer Shelby is. Watch this. Burning questions. That's as close as you're going to come to feeling like a magician where you can just make something happen simply by saying it. You know, isn't that amazing? I love it. Um, we're ta- we, we've been talking a lot, uh, necessarily so, about some football tangential topics. This has been a difficult summer, I think, um, for everybody, um, you know, inside and outside the sport. Um, and, you know, we want to, with training camp, it's happening, right? I mean, we we did not expect it to be on pace like this. Obviously, there's a ton of players who have opted out, um, and still there may be more players opting out. But 
as it stands right now, we are still on pace to have um, football um, with a giant kind of asterisk next to it. You look at what's happening with the NBA, with Major League Baseball. We don't really know what's going to happen. But if that's the case, um, I think that we should dive in a little bit and we should kind of ask ourselves some of the questions that we um, might have been asking all offseason if this uh, if this podcast um was was happening under under typical circumstances. So Jenny, I got two uh, for you, and I know you have two for me. So uh, I don't know. Are you excited for some burning questions? <laughs> this is never going to get old. Maybe this will become a weekly uh, shtick for us, Connor. <laughs> oh, I love a good bit. I love a good bit. I don't know. What do you think? You, uh, are you, I'm are you excited? excited. Your opener really got me fired up. It's as if you're a head coach standing in front of his team. You're like Matt Rule, you know, generating a lot of enthusiasm with his opening address to the team. So here we Ooh. go. Excellent segue, Jenny, because wow. my first burning question <laughs> for you is, uh, you know, so we spent the whole offseason – when we were talking about football, I think talking a lot about the NFC South in particular, uh, the Saints, uh, at least in my opinion, have the most complete roster in football. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and LaShawn McCoy. They have the old kind of uh, aging all-star team, uh, which is very kind of attractive right now and fun. The Falcons are always the Falcons. I think they're going to be competitive. They have a great head coach and a good quarterback and a good wide receiver. But the fact that like, Matt Rule signed on to be head coach of the Panthers. That feels like a million years ago, right? I mean, I, I it's it's almost like that happened in 1998. This is a great topic, Connor, because you're right. It's not something that we've talked a lot about, and I think part of the reason is because everything has been virtual. Because uh, team offseason programs were, you know, not the way they normally would, where there would be a lot of conversation about what music's playing at practice and what the, you know, what the schedule is like and, you know, what the locker rooms are like and all those kinds of things were, were lost. So I think for new coaches, we have less of a sense of what things are actually going to look like under their watch. So I think it was natural that they kind of receded to the back burner, especially as the headlines were how will there be a season what will the players union and the league agree to etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so let's say there is a season let's say things start the way that they do um i've been keeping up with um you know uh, some of the conference calls that they've been doing just out of interest i think that people who um know me know that i'm a head coach obsessive that's kind of the thing like if i had to pigeonhole myself into one niche of covering football it's i love head coaching, decision-making, hiring of head coaches, firing of head coaches, head coach philosophy, all that kind of stuff. So in keeping tabs on on Matt Rule a little bit and just kind of how everything's been going, but Jenny, I ask you, what what is sort of your A, your, your baseline expectation, and do you think that either Matt Rule's uh, newness, freshness, is going to be an advantage or because of the historic times that we're in, almost like an unseen disadvantage? Like, is this is this going to be good, like some people are assuming, or historically bad? Well, I think every new head coach this year has a tougher road because you're trying to institute your new culture, your new system, new everything across the board, and there's less 
of an acclimation period. I mean, you can do Zoom meetings all you want, but guys aren't in the building. You're not together. You might not get like that one-on-one time in the hallway if you pass somebody or somebody's popping into your office. I think it's a lot harder to manufacture meaningful interactions with your players. Um, so I, I, I do think there will be a distinct advantage. I mean, how much that disadvantage, excuse me, how much that translates to results on the field is hard because a lot of the new head coaches, maybe expectations are, are kind of low. I mean, I think that's especially true for rule and the Panthers, right? I mean, they're kind of in this rebuilding They're They're starting a, a new era, um, extreme roster turnover, right. Um, or, you know, the cornerstones that we've, always associated with the Panthers, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, or at least over the past several years, um, Greg Olson, they're all gone. So it's kind of a fresh start. So I do think the fact that expectations are low um, are a good thing because there's a little bit more time for them. Um, so I'm interested to see how their approach takes because this is the common question of projecting college coaches to the NFL. And so a lot of Matt Rule's comments have reminded me of a little bit of the Jim Harbaugh enthusiasm unknown to mankind type of thing. Um, like the comment last week about they he wanted um, he was telling his team that eight is the new six for social distancing. So if six <laughs> feet is the guideline for social distance, they were going to do it at eight feet to really um, go all in on that. It sounded a little bit like the 110%, which I always hated as a young swimmer growing up because it was like, I mean, what do you mean? I'm, I'm trying my best anyway. So um, <laughs> So I don't know. I think expectations are low. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of angst in in Carolina this year, Connor. I think he has a really long contract. He has a long time to rebuild. And I think people are just kind of saying, hey, well, this is, the, you know, this is the start of a new chapter and let's give it a little time to see how it works out. I You made such a good point uh, about just building that organic relationship with the players. And here's something that, I'm going to be fascinated to hear about um, when we're and, and maybe this is a year from now, because to be honest, Jenny, we're not going to have these intimate conversations with players um, like we used to uh, at the locker at a time where you can kind of pull them aside. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've done our best uh, this offseason over the phone, you know, connecting with people. But even then, I mean, things are, are kind of different, especially if you haven't met them before and you can't you can't kind of get in front of them. But how coaches are are bridging that divide digitally and you know so many guys will say that their relationship with their coach came down to a moment where maybe the coach sees them in the in the lunchroom and is like hey how's your your how's your wife i know she just had a baby or you know is your dad doing okay or you know any of these like little things where you know uh, they would know um you know prove to them that they know something about them on a, on a personal level, you know? And I think that, um, you can't do that. I mean, and, and our coach is going to try to make up for that by texting players a lot, you know, are they going to be checking in on them? Um, you know, saying like, Hey, I saw you posted this on Instagram. Was it, did you guys have a good vacation or, so, or something like that? I don't know, you know, and what is the effort like then to, to build that organic relationship when you can't get in front of a guy and, and have that little aside? Yeah. Texting, I guess, you know, 
people communicate these days? I mean, I feel like we have a group chat, Connor, you, me, and Jonathan Jones, our old SI colleague, and I feel like I'm very in touch with you guys because we're in that group chat all day, every workday, essentially. So, I mean, I guess you can build that, but it's a little bit different when it's coach to player. Um, so, yeah, I um, and, and even when you can be together in the facility as they are now, right? I mean, everyone's kind of trying to keep their distance from people too. So it's, I don't know like how you feel, Connor, but anytime I have like an interaction, like uh, friends with a guy named Eugene who works in my building, um, but it's just kind of awkward to stand six feet apart in the lobby and like you're kind of shouting across the space, you know, to hear each other. So it's definitely not um, it's not a great time for relationship building. I, I, I and I, you know, I feel like this is going to be a common theme this season of like, what is it like for new coaches trying to establish these kinds of relationships? Yeah, we went to the open the playground in our uh, community the other day and we went down and a friend of mine was there with uh, someone who had lived there for a while that I hadn't met, um, you know, kind of another um, uh, dad my age. And so he's like, oh, this is so and so. And then we both looked at each other and he said, uh, he just said, the first thing he said was, how do you want to do this? Right. Because we have our masks on. Do you want to elbow bump? Are we going to be elbow bump guys? Are we just going to, are we going to, you know, how, how do you want to start this relationship off? And so it was funny, you know, and you diffuse it a little bit with humor, but it's, it's for real. I mean, you know, you don't know how, you know, how to interact. You don't know what anybody's individual comfort level is. And you should always respect that individual comfort level, especially when it comes to, uh, to something like this. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated. I mean, I think that, in the end, um, Matt Rule will be a good coach um, in the NFL, but man, it's it's just such a it's such a weird time, and and maybe that's part of the advantage too, is that um, you know your players kind of know what to expect from another coach. You know how they're going to react in certain situations, and maybe this is a unique chance for him as the season goes on to surprise his players and to really show them part of his personality. I don't know, but uh, that. Uh, I don't know. I think that's that that definitely warranted a uh, burning question. <laughs> all right, I will head into number two then, Connor. Um, all right, so this is do, do I do it as well? Like, do I generate the sound effects? You can, I, I, yeah. I should think I give it a try? Okay, yeah, definitely. We all are right. equitable, even partners in this. Okay, uh, yeah. So here's my first burning question. It feels cool, doesn't it? It does. All right. I feel like we're kind of on a game show here. So I'm yes. reading off my little card. Connor, can Patrick Mahomes be even better in 2020? Jenny, the answer is he can be somewhere between what he was last year and that phenomenal 50 touchdown season. But I don't think I don't statistically, I don't think it gets better than that. Is better my, than the okay right yeah. um and i think the reason is like ev everything evens out right no matter how like we're, the way that we're talking about patrick mahomes now is almost like superhuman um but i do think that we've had elements of a mahomesian player um before and i think we will after at some point now is he uniquely talented for sure um and is he superb absolutely but I just think that the NFL is such an adaptive league that I think it's it's going to be hard for someone to dominate physically for that long. Um, and 
you know, 50 touchdowns is a lot. Uh, you know, 50 plus touchdowns is a lot. I mean, I guess Peyton Manning did it in Denver, but I think he had a little bit of an element of surprise there with um, a slightly variant offense, a better running game, maybe better wide receivers than he had had for a little while. And everything seemed new and fresh uh, and the division might have not been as good. I don't know. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons there, but I think that the AFC, uh, their division is getting better um, uh, steadily. I think the the conference is getting better steadily, and I don't know. I think that defenses. I mean, even though it's been a lapse of an off season, <clears throat> um, have spent this whole time figuring out how to stop specifically someone like him. Yeah. Well, I guess aside from statistics, because last year was kind of weird. He missed two games with the kneecap injury, and you know he had a slightly different journey than we thought he might that Mm -hmm. second year um but ultimately at the end of the season probably came out the best he'd been you know because he he used some of that time to address his mechanics and reset a little bit and he also made the comment um on lebron's show that he started learning defense learning how to read defenses the second half of the year so i guess the question would be like if there are areas of mahomes's game that he can still improve on what do you think those might be it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that you heard people say about Patrick Mahomes after his first year, um, and that kind of echoes what he said on the LeBron thing, was wait until he actually gets a command on you know the little things like his protections. Like the first year, apparently, you know that that was just something that he was not comfortable with at all. You know, um, and maybe to some degree, then yeah, I mean reading defenses, adjusting to all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you can grow to a level. Um, where you know defenses are backpedaling to be afraid of all the things that you can do and almost like you're in control i think a few quarterbacks over their time in the nfl have gotten to that level of dominance and you understand all the things that could possibly happen um that's a really powerful place to be um and we'll see if he can get there i think that's the ultimate thing right for andy Reid now now that he's won the super bowl is how do you now make your quarterback the greatest quarterback in NFL history? You know, I mean, that's got to be the goal because you have all the tools. You've won a Super Bowl in your second year, third year together. You have all this time now in front of you. Theoretically, you have a gigantic advantage this season uh, going into this season. So, I, you know, I'm interested to see how far they can push it, you know? Yeah, I remember before last season and then again during the time when he was kind of out with the injury he was kind of refreshed on some of these mechanics things, but the idea of he has so much natural power, he can throw the ball out of the stadium. And when he worked with his private quarterbacks coach, he was working with Jeff and Jake Christensen last off season. And basically the idea to not just be a thrower, but to be a passer and to figure out how to kind of use your efficient movement to make sure that 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 power is harnessed the right way. And one, I remember they said one of the flaws that they've worked on, if he has flaws, was his head movement. And so he would, his head shifted too far forward. So he relied too more, too much on his throwing arm. And then he would drive passes downward, locking his front leg. So, and then he fixed that habit immediately. So I'm always curious, like quarterbacks, like the little fine tuning of their mechanics. So that was something before last season. And I'm interested to see like, what he came out of this season doing because he was def- his mechanics were definitely more refined obviously even with the injury like it didn't throw him off because he essentially 
in some ways, the the knee injury last year kind of reset his mechanics in a way because he couldn't rely too much um, on that leg. And I think it kind of, um, a lot of the things he worked on, he had to draw on those after that happened. Um, so I'm curious to see like what mechanically he tweaks and then also how the scheme continues to grow because Andy redesigned this before Patrick Mahomes even got there and it's they've steadily built on it. And now as he continues to, you know, broaden his knowledge base of what other defenses are doing and how teams were responding to the kinds of things they were doing, you know, adding new counter moves to that. So I think what is exciting is it's not just the physical ability. It's also that these, he's got this mental capacity in tandem with his head coach to continue like growing the scheme and making it more adaptive. And Andy Reid's always been an innovative coach. So I feel like the next chapter of that will be interesting too. Um, one of the things that I thought was fascinating about Mahomes in particular, and there are a couple quarterbacks in the NFL that you can say this about, is the gift that their coaches can give them um, to be able to spend their first year in, in relative comfort in the pocket, right? And whether that's something that you do schematically, whether you already have a very good run game, um, because it's just such an uphill climb for quarterbacks who – um, you know, for one reason or another, get fixated on pressure or, you know, a coverage that they can't solve or a throw that they can't make. And you can see it, you know, you can see the dividing line between the quarterbacks who come in comfortable, who already have this sort of baseline ability to diagnose things, to see through pressure and Mahomes. I mean, that, that that's what you see. I mean, it's just, it's a guy who goes out there only thinking successfully almost because that's what he's um, you know, that's what he's experienced on the field. And you could throw a couple other guys in there like that who have had these experiences kind of tailored uh, for them by good coaches and by good general managers who have built good rosters. Um, and what an advantage that is. And just, you know, cause when you're already building on, on that, level of comfort and proficiency the sky's the limit where if you're somebody who's got a you know think about sam darnold right now or mitch trubisky or any of these guys that are you know maybe the arrow isn't pointing up on them yet how much work that is left to be done and you know you're already you're entering your third season or your fourth season everybody's wondering what's going to happen and you know it's just it's a monumentally different situation yeah no i agree i think that's really well said um and i'm ready for our next uh next sound effect connor our next burning question why didn't you say it you could have said it you well should... it was your turn it was your turn because you were gonna <laughs> i've already I've, I've been abusing it so okay I've, okay I, I was thinking you could have uh at the end you know just stick one in there at the end um okay so uh, this is one that I've spent a lot of time this offseason thinking about uh, for some reason or another. You know, sometimes you're just on a walk and, uh, you know, the world is in havoc. And what comes into your mind? Are the Browns going to be good this year, finally? You know, um, and I find myself, you know, that's just that's where my head goes sometimes. And as a head coach obsessive, I've said this in the past, um, I am immediately inclined every time a new head coach is hired to think that they are a genius and that they're going to solve all of the NFL's problems. Um, 
I'm a sucker for that introductory press conference. Um, a lot of times for national media, that's when we get our first one-on-one access to these guys, and they always have a plan, you know, and they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And uh, I sort of always digest that energy and think, oh, this guy's got it. He's going to figure it all out. So Kevin Stefanski, very high on Kevin Stefanski, uh, was very excited about what he did um, in Minnesota, the analytical approach, the way that he kind of broke down and worked with Kirk Cousins on some of the comfortability stuff. I think the two tight end sets are going to be dynamite if mm-hmm. David and Joku can buy in here in Cleveland. Um, but, I, you know, that's me. Uh, I grew up a Browns fan. Shook that when I got a professional job, but that's it's lingering somewhere in the back of your mind. Also obsessed with new head coaches, so I think the Browns are going to be good. Do you think the Browns are going to be good this year? This is such a Connor or question. When we <laughs> we came up with the idea for the show, which was Connor's idea, let's each come up with two burning questions. And I should have known this would be one of your two. I'm just not sure. I think that all the points you made about Stefanski are really good ones like I feel like he's a great fit for this job you know I think you want someone younger who can go into Cleveland and is super excited for the opportunity and maybe can block out some of all of the the, the long history and the baggage of the organization I feel like that's a really good fit I feel like he'll be a good pairing with Baker um and as you described the offense really makes a lot of sense multiple tight ends a fullback what we saw in Minnesota, I feel like will translate really well to Cleveland and, you know, the personnel that they've tried to build out there. I just am always so skeptical when a quarterback goes through so many system changes and coach changes early in his career. So this is Mayfield's fourth head coach, his third system, um, counting interim, but right. Um, So I, you know, I think that that always messes with a quarterback's development even if you're aware of it you know it's like how your mind works even if you're like aware that your mind may do x y and z it still has impacts on you right and i feel like even if you're aware of the fact that like okay this can be a challenge for quarterbacks but we're not going to we're gonna make it work i I feel like there are just a lot of tangible ways where you just have a hard time settling into a groove and every new quarterbacks coach that come, comes in has different suggestions for your fundamentals. I mean, I remember that with Mark Sanchez a lot. It felt like, you know, um, and, and it wasn't the same turnover, but um, just different, um, different people have different ideas of what your fundamentals should look like, what your timing should be, what's being asked of you. So those would be my reasons for skepticism. Um, but I will say that Mayfield has, you know, he's a guy that is, I would say, finds motivation in a lot of sources and could channel what's happened the last few years, the kind of mess of things. And, you know, he experienced a rookie season where he did really well and then a sophomore season where he kind of took a step back and he sort of, um, I think, has seen a little bit of, you know, the good and the bad. And perhaps we'll use that to channel it into this this new season and you know um you know perhaps like the 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 humility of of a season like last year's will will be a motivating force as we're talking um you know my brown's positivity slowly sapping uh as a so we're recording this about 2 30 in the afternoon on uh, monday um and the odell beckham interview came out that he said he doesn't think that we should have a season 
Um, and among the <laughs> among the hot, uh, you know, the first the lead quote in the story from the Wall Street Journal is, "I'm actually on a boat right now." Uh, Odell Beckham says, and uh, as soon as we hop off the phone here, I'm jumping in the water and getting on a jet ski. So um, you a know, jet ski. Yeah. Uh, so Odell back on a boat and then maybe perhaps doubling down uh, by hopping on the jet ski. Um, so, you know, I don't know. You know, this is uh, <laughs> we're entering dicey territory. Here. Um, when I used to work for the NFL, um, we, you know, we were allowed to, and, and, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure kind of how to handle it at the time and didn't really get back into it, but, you know, you were allowed to be a fan because you worked for the league. Right. And, you know, I used to be on the, around the NFL podcast and everyone knows that, you know, Dan is a huge Jets fan and, and Mark is a huge Browns fan and, and Greg is a Patriots fan. And, and you talked about that. And so, um, I was at the hall of fame game. And uh, that year and the year that Browns drafted Johnny Manziel, and I was like, you know what? It's this is a fun time. This is a fun time. And I'm going to get um, <laughs> I'm going to get my wife a T-shirt that says that's my Manziel. Uh, wow. And, yeah. And so uh, just so regrettable on uh, like a million different levels. And I'm thinking like, thank God I didn't uh, experience this again. Uh, with the Odell Beckham thing, because your first inclination is to run and get the merchandise, and you're so excited. But I don't think this is. I think that's good. This is going to be a forgettable, uh, forgettable chapter in, in Brown's history. And then he'll he'll sign with the Patriots when he's 30 and have 71 touchdowns with Trevor Lawrence. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Who knows, Connor? Who knows? Who knows? Or Cam Newton. Or, or Cam Newton. Um, but yeah, that, that's so. You know, it's almost like when I have a. I like to sneak Brown's questions onto the show specifically for Jenny because it's like uh, Jenny is infinitely smarter than I am. And so if I, I can, it's almost like I'm, I just have like slightly better access than everyone listening to the show. And I can be like, Jenny, what do you think of the Browns? You know, I could text her like, what do you think's going on with the Browns? You know, and it, it's just a work thing, you know, specifically work, you know, but anyway. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What's our, uh, I'm going to let you say it. All right. Now on to our fourth burning question. Really, it's exciting every time you hear that. It thing. is. It's so good. It's really, it's really fun. Um, we should do sound. Really, should do sound effects every week. If it's not this one, we'll do something else. Or Shelby, our producer. <laughs> I know. The worst part is that Shelby has to then listen to every word that we say, <laughs> waiting for the burning question cue. He can't like block us out. So Ugh. Shelby, we apologize. Tough so maybe, maybe we won't do sound effects every week, but it has been fun this week. Um, all right, mine is. How good can rookies be in 2020? It's a great question. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about the Bengals and, and Joe Burrow um, in particular. You know, mm-hmm. they're the one team that really doesn't seem to have that backup plan. You know, yeah. like the Dolphins, I think, are going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick for a while. The Chargers, um, as you have said, you know, all along, I think, planned on playing Tyrod Taylor for a while. Um, yeah. And while some of these plans, you know, um, best laid plans, you know, all that stuff always happens. I think those are two situations specifically where they wanted those quarterbacks to sit for a little while. Cincinnati does not have that luxury. I think that they were planning on grinding it out that first year and getting Burrow the reps and hoping that everything worked out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. And it's that trajectory that we've talked about, right? Where you're a quarterback and you don't start on that ascent, like what happens to your career, you know? And, and, you know, are you doomed almost uh, immediately? You know, you have to dig yourself out of this hole, but 
it's a gargantuan challenge, not only for Burrow, but for Zach Taylor, who didn't have a wonderful first season as a head coach, you know, and, and, uh, I don't think we saw his offensive identity come out. Um, but yeah, you pinball across the board. I mean, you know, running backs are going to have to learn how to read different, um, you know, blocking schemes and perhaps that they've ever seen in their entire lives before, you know, um, uh, defensive linemen might be getting double teamed for the first time in since high school. You know, I mean, all this different stuff that that everyone's going through. It's it's really going to be stunning. And everyone says that you know, oh, without this, uh, uh, everything's going to be out of control. And I don't think that that's necessarily borne itself out in the NBA. I don't know. I don't think the NBA has been hyper high scoring, but I do think that the NFL is either going to be like we're going to have these weird 60 point games a lot, or we're going to have a lot of really bad, like 10, seven games too. I think where teams are just really sort of struggling to get out of the mud. Yeah. You know, you always hear in training camp that the defense is ahead of the offense because on defense, you know, you have assignments, but on offense, all 11 players have to be in sync to, make a play work and so early in camp it's as the players are getting in sync usually it's the defense that's dominating practices so I feel like that could be the the tenor of the season at least early on I was thinking a lot about what it would be like to be a rookie this year I mean obviously we're all adjusting to a very different year in this pandemic than we expected and there are certainly some very serious challenges and health concerns and family issues that take precedence but if you're starting your career something that you've always dreamed about you certainly did not imagine starting it under these circumstances Joe Burrow did not imagine that his first NFL start will come in an empty stadium you know with health protocols in place um, with concerns in the back of your head if the other team will you know you're coming into contact with if you could infect each other so um, it, it's kind of a weird thing and it, it'll be interesting to see how like you referenced Connor if career trajectories are affected at all because of this and um, just the the opportunity to get to be less prepared um, to be have less reps going into this year you know I don't know uh, you know it's um, I, I lost my train of thought for a second there Connor but um, yeah I was just uh I don't know. I don't know what to expect from any of these rookies. Do you remember when you were in high school? And um, uh, I don't know if this ever happened at uh, at your high school, but like we would have these times where you know some uh, like tr- a transient family would like come through. Uh, maybe it was like military related, or um, we had like a um, missionary focused college near our hometown. So there were a lot of families that would be there for like a year, and then they would move somewhere else. And like all of a sudden this great athlete would just emerge at a practice one day and all the coaches are like, how do we figure this out? You know, how do we incorporate this person? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like that where you're learning, you're, you're at a new high school, you're meeting all these new people for the first time. You're maybe learning the sport uh, uh, from a fundamental level for the first time and, and what that must be like, you know, how eye opening that is, you know, I'm sure that all of our listeners uh, have watched the seminal NBC uh, 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 sports series Friday Night Lights, the adaptation of the movie, and in season two when Matt Saracen starts to struggle, there was Voodoo Tatum whose family was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. He comes in, uh, he gets Matt Saracen gets benched. Voodoo Tatum, incredibly talented, can throw the ball the length of the football field, and uh, but did he fit in with the team? 
you know, and, uh, and, and, and was he ready to be part of a team? So I don't know. These, these are all the questions that coaches are going to have to answer this offseason. I really miss our Friday movie pod, Connor. I know. You should watch Friday Night Lights. That would be like a good oh, yeah, the TV quarantine show project right, right. for you. Yeah. Um, I, I actually watched part of one of the first seasons. I think I have the DVD set. I think so, a friend gave it to me at some point. So, nice. um, But yeah, that just made me think of our football movies that we used to watch on Fridays or record for a Friday podcast. That was a fun summer activity spent in 2019 when we could gather in a small conference room with some <laughs> beverages and... Uh, have a little relaxing afternoon without large concerns looming over our head. You're not, though, uh, uh, weak side pod gang, because uh, I did get Jenny on board um, with uh, a new show. And Jonathan Jones, our former colleague who works at CBS, Jenny's sister, my wife, our former mm-hmm. editor, Bette Marston. We have, a, we have a powerhouse chat on Wednesdays now during Lifetime's Married at First Sight. And let me tell you what, it uh, we're cooking with gasoline right now. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring out this social distance thing. Like, we, we, I think we've got it. I have to say that my sister was uh, really a, a spark in that first week, you know. The breakout star. The breakout star. She didn't know who everybody on the text chain was. She didn't have everybody's number. She had <laughs> she knew who you and me were, but she didn't know exactly like which number corresponded to which other person, so I will have to instruct her. But despite that, she was bringing lots of new information about some of the the contestants that she had looked up and had lots of insightful commentary she's you know a seasoned expert of married at first sight like connor um so could really provide that that depth of knowledge to the analysis <laughs> yeah i would say too that you know hey if uh, any of our listeners by the way um you know we would love to do another mailbag episode soon so weeksidepod at gmail.com that's weeksidepod at gmail.com you can ask us about married at first sight you can ask us about football you can ask us about I don't know, books are reading during social distancing. I just finished my fifth book since COVID started. This is not like a brag, um, but... Sound a little bit like it, but knowing your personality, I knew better. No, yeah, um, and and some of them are very bad, um, but I felt the need to get through them. um, And uh, so I just, my other haul from Amazon started to arrive today. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I just got owned so hard. Uh, oh, that was really good, Shelby. That was well done, Shelby. I enjoyed that. Yeah, he um but you know, we got another haul of books. Like if you're reading anything good, drop us a line in uh on weeksidepod at gmail.com, you know. Um, you can ask us about any of that stuff too. I mean, you know, we're we're around and, and we might need we're we're gonna have some time, you know. Uh, I I don't think we're going to get rolling anytime soon here. Or some vegetable recipes. That was our alternative podcast idea for today. And, (laughs) you know, Connor and I have always had this kind of backup plan that, you know, if our careers went south, we could start a vegetarian or vegan. What did we decide? Or just vegetable based taqueria. Vegetable based taqueria. Vegetable based taqueria called Root in (laughs) New Jersey. Um, Neither of us have any experience in the restaurant business. So this is a wildly um, unlikely idea. Um, But, you know, it's always been kind of our backup plan. So if you have any vegetable based um, recipe ideas that we could keep in our back pocket for 
or was it Root? Yeah, Root. It was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Root. Okay, for Root. Okay, I wanted to make sure I didn't mess and, up her name. I'm, and just now kind of bouncing off that too, because I actually was thinking about this the other day, because I remember I texted you during a particularly, um, I don't know what 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 was going on, but I was like, oh man, like maybe. I will need a backup plan at some point. And there was a vacant restaurant space near my house. Um, oh, I remember this. I passed it not too long ago and I was, and I don't know why, but like, I think I was like on a run or something and I was like, oh, you know what? Like if we're going to do the, the the vegetarian taqueria, like we have to think about alternative tortilla, um, like a vegetable based tortilla that uh, is, is gluten free. And like, I don't know why, but like I started, my mind started kind of going off in that way. So anyway, if, if you have any of that too, like if there's a way to make like a beet tortilla or something like that, you know, um, we really, we, we got to cover all of our bases here before we start talking to investors. I've had almond flour tortillas, but that presents an issue for people if they have a tree nut allergy, but mm. that's another option. Are they good? So, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. Nice. I, I prefer corn tortillas, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to try. Solid. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today for our burning questions. And we will be back later this week with a another podcast. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Marivic is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 